Well, hello there. Today we are talking about something that I really needed when I was getting started, and I spent a lot of time agonizing over my rates. You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. Okay, so today we are talking about one of the biggest questions I get as a new freelancer and one of the things I absolutely agonized over when I was trying to figure out what to charge people, and that is my rates. So we're not talking so much about how to set your rates. We are talking today more about having your rate guide and what to do with it and how to figure out what to put on it. So I guess we are going to talk a little bit about how to set rates. I need to look at my notes better. Okay, so what is your rate guide? Your rate guide is basically your list of prices. And it's kind of your a la carte. This is how much I charge for XYZ service or XYZ written product. Your rate guide is something that um, you may or may not publish. You may or may not send it to clients. It's entirely up to you. Um, And I think it depends on where you are in your business, um, what you do with your rate guide. So the rate guide I found to be really helpful, especially when doing client calls, because I um, wouldn't have to do a bunch of math right on the spot. I could just look at my my rates. Um, The rate guide that I made for myself when I first came across this idea, and it's basically just a list of what you charge for what things. Um, when I made my first rate guide, I felt so much more confident in my ability to get work, more confident in my ability to produce income and to um, charge what I thought my services were worth um, and all of those things. So today, I would like you to start thinking about your rate guide if you don't already have one. So when a prospect contacts you about a specific service and they want to know how much you charge, it really helps if you know what the answer is, right? Makes sense. Um but it's not always something that I found that new writers and even experienced writers um, could could say, you know, off the top of their heads. Some people who specialize in a particular service, like they specialize in case studies, you know, they can say, I charge $2,000 for a case study, right? Period. Point blank. Um, but for many of us, we are doing a lot of different types of work and there is no like one flat fee that we charge for our work. So that's where the rate guide comes in. So your rate guide may have things like a per word charge. They may have things like a flat rate. They may have things like a target hourly rate. I recommend that you build your first rate guide with the intention that it is a purely internal document. That that means you are the only person who sees this. I think it's very important that we as writers, in the vast majority of cases, there are times when it makes sense not to do this, but for the vast majority of cases, we do not charge an hourly rate. If you are doing something like editing, maybe, or if you are um, doing something that where there is no real way to do a flat fee, Um, which does happen very occasionally. If you are sort of thrown out into the wilderness and they say, do this thing, and you're like, okay, well, it's going to 
you know, I'll have to charge you as I go and whatever. Sometimes that's fine. But for, you know, probably 95, if not 99% of your work, you should be charging a flat fee based on a per word rate. Now, I know some writers will charge a per word rate. I never liked doing that because it felt so nitpicky. And then the question for me that I never found a great answer on was, do I charge for the number of words that I submitted or do I charge for the number of words that were published? Um, I just, I think it's a lot easier just to do a flat rate. So that's what I did. It's what I've always done. And uh, it's what I recommend that you do too. So your rate guide will need to include what these flat rates are. So the first thing to do when you're setting out your rate guide is to list down all the services that you offer or all the services that you could see yourself offering, even if you've never done them before, even if you're not ready to offer them just yet. So this might look like blog posts. Um, so I recommend that you just sort of sketch out everything. Maybe it's blog posts, emails, web content, um, uh, course lessons. I don't know. Um, I know a lot of you are looking at case studies and white papers and um, what are some other things? Reports, uh, social media content. So list out the different types of social media content that you might do. Um, once you've got your list of your prospective services um, or your actual services, <laughs> then you can start thinking about what to charge for each of them. So take your list and for each one, think about what are the different um like what 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 are the different scopes of these assignments? And what I mean by that is how big does this go and how small does this go? So for example, for a blog post, your typical small blog post is going to be approximately 500 words. Um, I would have clients who requested four to 600. And so I just priced that. Um, like in the four to 600 tier had one flat fee. And then in the seven to 1200 tier had another flat fee. And then 1500 to 2000 had another flat fee. And then 2000 and above had a fourth, you know, a fourth category. Of, and it was more of a calculation or a range once it was getting that high. So break down each thing. If you do case studies, some case studies are 250 words and they're short and they go on the website. Some case studies are 2000 words and they're long and have really pretty graphic design. Do you do the graphic design? Do you just do the copy? Um, for some of you, there may be things that involve interviews. Do you want to increase your rate if this is something that has to deal with interviews, I would recommend that you would, or you just um, land on the higher price, whether or not it has interviews, or you have a low range of no, like for white papers, although white papers typically require at least one interview. Um, you have your low, like no interview, no heavy research range uh, price, and then you have the high end where you're spending a lot of time researching and interviewing. So kind of break down what the different um, scopes look like inside of each project. How, in other words, what I mean is take each service on your list and think about how short can it be and then how long can it be and um, try to assign those lengths or assign those ballparks. Um, for social media, it's a, it can be a little bit different because sometimes with social media, you are writing new stuff 
And other times with social media, you are pulling excerpts out of something else that's already written. So you may want to break that down too. There's a difference between content marketing and like organic social media posting type stuff. And I'm not a social media manager, so I may not be using the right terms there. But I hope what I'm saying is clear where like you might go into Instagram, for example, and do completely novel copy where you're writing these Instagram captions that you have to come up with. That's a very different type of work than taking the latest blog post or the latest podcast transcript, pulling out a quote or two and and pasting those on Instagram. It's it's two different kinds of work. So think about how you want to delineate that type of service. Social media can get a little bit complex. Um and get a feel for the scope. Now, once you've done that, what you can do, what I suggest you do is you work out your rates. And this is the fun part because this is, it's the math, which people sometimes get intimidated by because numbers can be scary, but it's also the, the part where you can begin to envision the possibilities. And that's what I like so much about this part. So when I think about how much I want to charge for something, my first question is, what is the minimum effective hourly rate I want to make? And so my target as a new writer was $50 an hour. If something um, takes me two hours to produce, I want to get paid $50 an hour for each of those. Now people freak out when I say that. (laughs) Because I came from the world of like nonprofit administration where seventeen fifty an hour was pretty pretty good money. And to go from seventeen fifty an hour up to fifty felt like a massive jump and it was really hard for me to justify. But here are some things to help you justify that. When you are a freelancer, you are carrying all the costs of business on your own shoulders. When you are an employee, your boss or the company really carries all the costs of employment on their shoulders. So they have to provide when you when you work as an employee, they have to provide your equipment, they have to provide your office space, they have to pay a portion of the taxes that come out of your salary. They have to pay for a payroll service, they have to pay for people to come and vacuum. (laughs) They have to pay for someone to water the plants. They have to pay the power bill. They have to pay the internet bill. They have to pay the phone bill. They have to pay all those bills for the things that keep the business going. When you are a freelancer, you have to pay all those bills. So that means that your cost of doing business is higher than it would be if you were an employee. Because as an employee, your company is paying for some of the expenses that it takes to get your stuff done. When you are bearing all of the costs of doing business, you have to charge more because you you are carrying the overhead. And it's okay to charge more because it is in your client's benefit. Your client does not have to pay for a full staff of marketing copywriters. They can just outsource to you and then they don't have to pay benefits and they don't have to provide larger office space and whatever, you are carrying those costs on their behalf 
And so the good clients at least are willing to pay you these higher rates. They might pay someone on staff effectively maybe $30 an hour. They will pay you effectively $50 an hour so that they do not have to carry all those overhead costs that you are carrying. So it works out. So um, you have to, especially if you come from the world of employment, you have to reframe how you view these rates. So as a beginner-ish, maybe advanced beginner freelance writer, I want you to target, I, I want you to aim for an absolute bare minimum of $50 an hour because your business is expensive. And we don't really think about it because we are going to pay the power bill anyway. We are going to pay the internet bill anyway. You're probably going to have a laptop anyway. So you don't really think of it as all these extra expenses. But in reality, you have to provide all that stuff for yourself and it costs money out of your pocket. So you are allowed to charge more. Your clients don't have to pay for that stuff. You do. So you're allowed to charge them more. And the good ones aren't going to fight you on it because they get it. <laughs> okay, so now that you're done hyperventilating about charging, aiming for $50 an hour, minimum, absolute minimum, we can think about how to set your rates. For things like blog posts, um, my aim is to for you to start at 10 cents a word. And I want you to understand that this is a respectable first time out of the gate beginner starter rate. Okay, you can make enough money to keep the lights on at 10 cents a word. But it's it's not really going to sustain you long term. I was able to keep the lights on and keep my child fed and keep shoes on his feet at 10 cents a word for a decent amount of time, only because I was foregoing all kinds of things that to me became luxuries that for most people would not be considered luxuries. I was not getting haircuts. I was not buying myself. I didn't buy myself any new clothes for like two years. I um, didn't go out to eat or get takeout or anything like that. I did all our cooking from scratch. I didn't have cable. <laughs> I still don't have cable. Um, Cable became, cable TV became something I didn't really value <laughs> in that time. Anyway, I drove a very old car and things like that. And so we could get by at 10 cents a word. It also worked because I didn't have any debt. Um, but 10 cents a word is not how you build a life. It is not how you build a business that supports you. It is your starting point. People will tell you that you need to start at one cent a word or two cents a word or maybe five cents a word. That is ludicrous and it's offensive. I want you to start at 10 cents a word. Okay. So if we're doing 10 cents a word and we are moving toward project, like flat project fees, this is what your rate guide looks like. You have the heading blog posts. Then you have four to 600 words and you have your rate for four to 600 words. And if you're doing 10 cents a word, then your range would be 40 to 60. But because that is sort of one chunk range, I would recommend that you pick one price. So then you would say for blog posts ranging from 400 to 600 words, I will charge $50, which is a standard, it's pretty standard fee for a beginner blog post writer. Maybe you go up to 60. Um, but I, I think I did 50 and it was fine. I didn't really, really get too many clients in that word range. Um, and then you look at what your next um, kind of range is or the step up in the scope is. And the next range for me was like 750 to 1200. 
And so I would charge for a blog post of 750 to 1200 words, I would charge $100. I sort of pegged it at the 500 and the 1000 word mark with 10 cents a word. And the understanding is that you you make this agreement with your client that you know, you might call it a 1000 word blog post with the understanding that it will be anywhere from 800 to 1200 words really. Now, if they're expecting a 1000 word blog post, keep it within 10%. So keep it 900 to 1100 and you're going to charge a thousand. I hope that wasn't too confusing. That may have been confusing. But anyway, so if someone calls me and they say, I want blog posts that are about 800 words, I look at my rate guide and I'm like anywhere from 700 to 1200 words, that's a hundred dollars. So I say, great for an 800 word blog post, I charge a hundred dollars. That's why this is an internal document. This isn't something that you send out to clients. And then for 1500, I would charge 150. And for 2000 and above, I, I would charge 10 cents per assigned word, whatever they wanted. And if they were just like, we want the ultimate guide on whatever. And I'm like, well, that's great. That could be anywhere from 200 to, I mean, feasibly $500. And they're like, well, that's fine. Or they might say, can you keep it under 300 or whatever? And then, you know, I know what I'm working with and I can proceed from there. Now there are basic um, rate milestones for a lot of the different writing projects out there. And you can do a little bit of research um, to see what those are. So case studies are like $250 a page, basically, with a page being defined as 250 words. Um, so you, you can sort of rough it out to be approximately a dollar word. Um, white papers for a beginner, a beginner white paper, the typical range is like three to 5,000. Um, social media posts, I actually don't know how to price social media posts because I've never done it. Um, that's not true. I did it once for a client and how did I price it? It was, she, she needed like a package of services. She needed a transcript shaped into a blog post and then she needed three Facebook excerpts, three Instagram quote cards and three LinkedIn posts or something. And so from editing the transcript and then pulling out the quotes, I think it was like, I think I charged her a hundred dollars a pop. And that was just for the copy. That was not for me going over to Instagram and pasting it in there and publishing it. Um, so again, I had to think about what is my hourly rate going to be for this project? Because it wasn't cut and dry. Um, and I was like, I want to make at that point, I, I was trying to make everything be $100 an hour. I thought I could do this in an hour or less. Um, and so that's what I charged her. So you can also have on your rate guide a note of target hourly rate, maybe down at the bottom, target hourly rate. And then as you're talking to a prospect about what they want, you get a feel for what they want. You should have an idea of your speed of work and how long it takes you to do these things. And then you can figure out, you know, if this thing that they want me to do is going to take me two hours and my target hourly rate is $100 an hour, I will charge them $200. And then you can eyeball that and see if it looks right. And if it looks maybe incredibly fair or even maybe a tiny bit cheap, maybe you go up to 250. And if it looks like maybe you are overpricing, then you see maybe if you should wiggle. You come into my Facebook group and say, hey, how much? I'm thinking I charge this much for this package of services. What do you guys think? You know, and get feedback. That's why having a community is valuable. You can get feedback on your rates if you aren't sure what to do. So you go line by line, service by service, you build out your rate guide. And now anytime someone says, how much do you charge for XYZ? You can refer to your rate guide. And what you do then is you offer them a range. 
you don't say, I charge $1,000 for a case study. You say, case studies typically run anywhere from 500 to 1500 uh, period. Typic- case studies typically range from 500 to 1500 And then you say, I'd love to know more about your specific project so I can give you an exact quote. When you are on the phone with a prospect and they're like, well, we need this and this and this, and we want this, and we have this project and whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And you get a real sense of the scope of work that they are requesting from you. And then they're like, how much is this going to cost us? What you can do, if it's really cut and dry, you can look at your rate guide and say, well, if you want four blog posts a month and four emails to go with each of those blog posts and some show notes and blah, blah, blah. Here, let me do the math. For all of those things, we're looking at approximately $1,000 a month, right? Which is actually probably low for you know, but, but you do the math and you tell them if you need to do a little bit more calculating or if it's going to take you more than about five seconds to do this math because you need to figure some stuff out, what you can say is, let me, let me, um, let me do some math and I will send you a proposal or let me do some math and I will get back to you. Um, I'll send you an email. Let me do some math and I'll send you an email later today, or let me do some math and I'll send you an email tomorrow with some with some formal rates in there or something like that and normally if they're not pushy and obnoxious they can be like okay sounds great they may ask for a range and then you can sort of spitball it and say well we may be looking at something in the in the 1500 to 2500 range um but again don't quote me on that let me let me make sure that i get this right and then i'll and then i'll send you the real proposal so you don't have to commit to um naming your rates right there on the spot, even if you have them. But having this rate guide already set for you can feel like incredible security. It can feel like peace of mind because you've you've already done the hard part. You've already figured out how much to charge for everything. And now it's just a matter of adding it up, basically, and, and presenting it to the specific client. Now, one another question that comes up almost immediately after we start talking about rates is do i publish my rates on my website and the answer to that is there is no right answer <laughs> if you do decide to publish your rates on your website i want you to publish um something that is not specifically defined i want you to publish a range or i want you to publish some kind of language that says X service starts at whatever your lowest rate is or whatever the low end of your range is. So if I were to publish my blog post rates now, um, if, if I charge a minimum of 20 cents a word for a blog post, then and the lowest that I would really take is 500 uh, words. Then in our publishing my rates, my rate sheet online might say something like blog posts start starting at $200 or blog posts $200 plus or something like that. Um, I'm not going to say 20 cents a word. Uh, But that's just me. I don't, that's just me. I don't like to publish my rates. I think it can get you into tricky situations uh, with clients. I would feel very awkward if my clients were looking at my website Um, and they knew that I was working with other people. And so they knew how much I was charging other people. I just, I don't know. I tend to keep things a little closer to the vest, (laughs) not because of secrecy, but because of privacy. Um, and I have this basic understanding that every client is different. Every client's needs are different. Every client's ability to, 
um, pay me what I want them to pay me is different. And sometimes I do cut people deals. And sometimes I do um, kind of veer off. I might offer a friends and family rate or something like that. And I just, I don't like the idea of people going to my website and thinking they know how much people are paying me for stuff. That's just me. I know a lot of writers do publish their rates because it, um, especially if they're getting a ton of inquiries, they will publish their rates to discourage the tire kickers and the people who only want to pay them a few pennies for their efforts. Um, and they find that valuable. Um, I will send my, I call it my a la carte rate sheet, my rate guide to clients when I'm sending a formal proposal. I do this in part to show part of the strategy for this is to say, um, kind of to demonstrate all of the many things that I can do for them, not just the things that we talked about. Um, another part of doing this is that they can see that I, I didn't just make up this number in the proposal. I didn't just make it up. And here's the justification for it. And they can do their own math and they can add it up themselves and see that I'm not just trying to get thousands of dollars from them. <laughs> um, another thing that uh, you may want to consider doing is having two rate guides. One of them is the one that you do internally with all your hourly rates and your whatever. And then you have one that's a little simpler, maybe a little uh, bit pretty that you can send to clients when you send them their email or when you get an email that says, hey, what are your rates for XYZ service? You can you can respond and say, here's here's my rate guide. I'd love to work with, you know, I'd love to hear more about what you need. Something like that. Some people do like being able to do that because it's more efficient. Um, I like to, personally, I like to hear about the project before I figure out how much I'm going to charge for it because it may be way simpler than something reflected on my weight rate guide. And it may wait, and it may be way more complex than something reflected on my rate guide. So, um, it's not a one size fits all thing. And so that's why I like to hear about the project first. Okay. So, we've covered a lot of ground. (laughs) We've covered a lot of ground in this episode. I hope this was helpful for you. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to me. The best way to do that is to hop into my Facebook group. It's called the Inkwell Guild on Facebook. You can just search the Inkwell Guild. I have Inkwell as two words. Um, Or you can probably search my name, Ashley Gaynor, and it would come up then. And you can click in there and join and post all of your questions about rates and calculations and all kinds of all kinds of everything. We talk about everything in there. So um, I invite you to come and join us. That's the best way to get a hold of me right now. I think I just said that. And um, the other thing is I have a rate guide included. I've done all the heavy lifting for you. Um, It's one of the bonuses in my copy confidential course. And one of the cool things about this rate guide is it's sort of like it grows with you and it shows you the very beginner rates range and then the advanced beginner and then the immediate, the intermediate and then like super niche expert type rates in this rate guide. So um, if you have been eyeing Copy Confidential and this whole idea of a rate sheet is agonizing for you, then you may want to check out the course. Um, it is currently open and there will be a little bit more info Um, at the close of the show. But in the meantime, come find us on Facebook. Let me know if you have any questions. And I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode so that I can uh, clarify anything or um, spell things out a little bit differently or a little bit better, if that would be helpful for you. I'm here to help you and I want to keep rooting you on. All right, y'all. See you next week. 
Have you heard of Copy Confidential? If not, I want you to go to copyconfidential.com and check it out. This is my new course on how to write anything for any client. It's really robust. We talk about the major writing skills that you're going to need for both copywriting and content writing. And I'm also including 12 modules that go in depth into 12 different types of content that your clients want you to write. If that is interesting at all to you and you'd like to learn more, then check it out online, copyconfidential.com. And FYI, there is a secret unannounced <laughs> bonus that's not on the sales page yet for client bound. If you enroll in Copy Confidential, you get client bound for free. It's pretty cool. I hope you check it out.